1: Lucy Hickmott.
0: It's Wednesday the 18th of September, coming up. Campaigners say new grammar school built illegally. This is
2: about the law, this is about the reasons for that law and exploring those reasons and sticking to them.
0: Kent shouldn't just decide we don't, you know, the laws don't apply to us. Fears no-deal Brexit could be worse for Kent than originally thought.
3: Someone should have started thinking about this a little bit earlier and started to kick it off. the, the, The monies that have been given to us recently should have been allocated a good year ago in preparation for this
0: and Gillingham boss reacts to one all draw with Bristol
4: Rovers we said to applause at half time you have to believe just go out and play if we lose we lose but get on the ball express yourself we're going to commit people forward to school ago
0: Kent Online News. First today, there are calls for an investigation into a Kent grammar school amid claims it's acting illegally. The wheels of Kent in Tunbridge opened an annex in Sevenoaks in 2017. Now, campaigners say it's acting as a standalone grammar, despite laws preventing new selective schools from being built. joe has been speaking to Joanne Bartley from Comprehensive Future.
2: Well, when it set up, it was, but there was a very clear law that there is no new grammar schools allowed, so So um, when when this school got set up, it sort of tried to prove that it was one school, not two, and that meant movement between the sites of the pupils, so even though the school buildings were ten miles apart, the pupils would travel between the two sites. But we found out that that's now been dropped, so basically it produced a very clear plan that this was one school, and we're doing all this, and we're doing this, that. But but kind of like now that all that's been dropped, and it's just exactly like a, a separate school.
5: What impacts does that have? Why why is that such a problem? Obviously, it's illegal. That's that's the main thing, isn't it? But what this is obviously part of a bigger picture, looking at bids elsewhere as well. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah,
2: I mean, there are now two new schools, two grammar schools, trying to set up uh, similar types of school, in fact, in my town, in, in Whitstable. So it's kind of like, it's very controversial doing this to sort of, like, create a school that is, is, is really breaking the law. If it created a, a grammar school in Hampshire based on having the same uniform, which is basically the only thing that's the same now, um, that would be obviously a new school. The fact that, that it, it's it's kind of, like, uh, subverted the law and, and made all these these sort of plans and then ditched them two years later is really quite wrong. There are lots of good reasons that were debated in Parliament when this law was created that said no new grammar schools. So the fact that our council and a few schools who are kind of like ambitious and want to create bigger schools and make money are subverting this law is all very very dubious and kind of like if they want to change the law go through Parliament. Don't just set up a, a, an annex school and pretend that this isn't a new school because it's acting like a new school it looks like a new school. Thousands of pupils who go there will think it's a new school so it is a new school.
5: From from Comprehensive Future's point of view, are you looking at any sort of legal action and looking at any sort
2: of review? Well, When this school was set up, there was a three month window to do a judicial review based on the decision and, and this is where you can challenge the plan and this is where the school said we're going to take pupils between the two sites our head teachers going to work on both sites all these things in that three-month window were created in this plan by the school a very detailed plan that our lawyer looked at and and you know it looked like it was going to work like one school so a judicial review at that time would have found it very tricky you know we wanted to do it we were very close but but now it is a lot harder to to actually challenge the school you know they've kind of like look like been really sneaky. <laughs> they've set up this plan to get around the law and then they've ditched it as soon as it's impossible to
0: challenge them. Well independent education expert Peter Reed has given us his thoughts
6: on those claims. I think it's a nonsense. The school has the same head teacher, the same governors, staff are shared between the two sites. And most importantly, the three hundred children all regard themselves as Weald of Kent girls. Now whatever this is doing is not going to bring anything about because where would those 300 girls go if they got rid of the annex it's a nonsense Kent County Council has a responsibility as a selective authority to provide grammar sufficient grammar school places there is a pressing problem in Herne Bay and Whitstable and we have children who qualify for grammar school places going through to Um, through to Thanet schools. Now, there is a shortage and there is a major development area in Herne Bay and Whitstable and there needs to be, to keep parity, to keep the 25% more grammar school places. Now, an annex, given the current legislation, is the obvious solution.
0: The Department for Education say they're content the school is operating as one across two sites. The school of confirmed pupils will be taught separately at the different campuses, but come together for extracurricular days.
1: Kent Online reports.
0: Elsewhere today, detectives investigating the suspected murder of a man in Maidstone have charged two more men. 21-year-old Andre Bent was stabbed to death in the high street last month. At 23 and 24 six-year-old, both from London, are accused of violent disorder. A 16-year-old boy's already been charged with murder. A man remains in a serious but stable condition in a London hospital following an attack in Margate. The victim, who's in his 20s, suffered serious head and leg injuries in Dane Park last month. A 28-year-old man from the town was arrested before being released on bail. Police are still keen to speak to any witnesses. The Home Office are urging those of us near the coast to look out for any suspicious boats as work to clear migrant camps in northern France continues. UK Border Force and immigration officers have been sent to help with the operation. Charities say it's likely to lead to another surge in the number of people attempting to cross the channel illegally. Kent Online News. There are fears a no-deal Brexit will have an even worse effect on Kent than originally thought. A document released by the government last week called Operation Yellowhammer warns it could take lorries up to two and a half days to cross the border from Dover, leading to huge queues on the county's roads. It's now thought tailbacks could stretch to around 150 kilometres. That's the distance from Dover to Guildford in Surrey. Kevin Mills is leader of the Labour group in Dover.
3: It is concerning. Um, the, the real concern I've got is, you know, if we've got potential problems why don't we just become honest with people and tell them you know rather than drip feeding bad news let's say this is a potentially a difficult position but you know it is really a concern now from border force perspective if they don't get in the docks we don't have anything to deal with them but the knock on effect to this district to the roads and the council and the people in this is trying to get to and from work um could be quite devastating should there be you know eight and a half thousand lawyers that can't actually get into the port in dover because of paperwork being incorrect. I mean if they haven't got the correct paperwork and can't be moved on then you know they've got to either wait somewhere to get that corrected or go back to get it sorted out. So somewhere along the lines there is a potential for you know Several thousand more lorries floating around so they can actually get out of the country. Um, it depends also where the identification is that the paperwork's wrong, it might be done in land, it, whatever. So, you know, you want to mitigate it in this port environment. But the last thing we need uh, are additional lorries on our roads around this location. It, you know, it, it has the potential to be bad enough without this.
5: And what does it do if there are an extra seven thousand lorries just floating around?
3: Well, they've got to be floating around somewhere, so they'll either be Operation Brock, but these lorries, I'm not sure, will be part of Operation Brock, um, or they'll have to go back somewhere else, or they're going to have to find facilities to park them in. I mean, the sad reality is we we don't have adequate facilities anyway, parking-wise. We know that as a nation. Um, We seem to have avoided discussing that. We're going to have new facilities inland. We're going to utilise Ashford and and Ebsfleet, But, you know, is that going to be adequate? 6,000 lorries at Manston. Well, okay, Manston's going to be turned back into an airport that's what everybody wants, and rightfully so. So, you know, we're going to lose that facility. Will you know, the UK be ready and overcome all the teething problems of being out of Europe um, by then?
5: Do you have any sort of fears that these are coming out now with six weeks before the deadline? What's, what are your feelings about how has this, this has been handled up in up in Park?
3: I think there's been a lot of spin by everybody in Parliament, you know, politicians putting a spin on it, well, not really, I mean, that, that's been going on for years, but I think we've seen the worst. Over this whole issue of Brexit, from from numerous groups from all all sides, about spinning and you know, as I said earlier on, you know, what, be honest with people. Let people do, you know, people aren't stupid. Let them know what the potential impacts can be and how we're going to mitigate against them. I mean, the real concern I've also got is that the, the government have issued money, given money out to KCC to deal with highways, Dover District Council. I think got three hundred thousand. We didn't know that money was coming. We didn't. I don't believe we've spent it yet, but my real concern is if anything goes wrong, will the central government just turn around and say, well we funded local authorities, it's all their fault, it's nothing to do with us and step back from actually the responsibility they should be taking. Do
5: you feel slightly, well I think it's fair, do you feel slightly unprepared for what could happen?
3: I'm not convinced we're prepared at district council level to deal with it, um, I'm not seeing many concerns being raised by the task force we've, we've got at the c- council, you know it's a one party state, the, the, the EU exit task force, there's no opposition councils allowed to be involved, um, they meet infrequently, you can hardly find out what they're actually up to and I don't think they're actually giving it the, the full cognizance that it actually deserves a district council level.
5: And then from a border force hat on, are we
3: prepared? um we are recruiting as we are told um several hundred more officers the sad reality is that you know, that could take anywhere up to 12 months to 18 months to get them trained we haven't actually got them in yet and we're supposed to be leaving on the 31st of next month so it's, it's, it's all very little too little too late to be perfectly honest i mean the members will give 100 percent they'll do whatever they can but, you know, at the end of the day, someone should have started thinking about this a little bit earlier and started to kick it off. You know, the, the, the monies that have been given to us recently should have been allocated a good year ago in preparation for this.
5: What are your predictions for come November the first, or the first week in November, once yeah. we've got started, <coughs> you know, if we have left yeah. with no deal? What will Dover look like? What are your predictions?
3: I think that, well, no one knows what will actually happen should we leave with no deal. Um, I think what you'll see is that, you know, the government will move hell and high water to get as much traffic away from the port that's coming into the United Kingdom as possible. Um, so, you know, they'll try and transfer everything. I think we'll try and clear everything away from the port. They don't want to see queues. What we have very little, if any, control over is how goods will be left leaving this country. We can't tell France how to control it. It depends what, you know, is a deal going to be struck? Isn't a deal going to be struck? And then you add in this other bit of a leaked report that the Financial Times have got. Um, so, you know, there's a, there is a potential for some, some major gridlock and I think we at Yellowhammer actually said you know we're talking months not sort of days of gridlock um, so for this area it is concerning I know that the health authority are asking questions now you know how do you normally get into work how will you get into work if you can't get any fuel can you know, even to extent, can you put other people up in your houses um, I've been told that the Department of Education are asking almost the same questions in schools um, and including you know, to consider stockpiling medicines for the children that need it. So you know, there's, All this is going on but there seems to be little strategic direction from the government. And you've got to remember an awful lot of these freight companies have no experience of dealing with the paperwork for exports so the potential of mistakes is fairly high at the moment. You know, there's probably in excess of 150,000 companies that export that have never done paperwork like this before. And it's all right the government saying we're launching a campaign. There's additional cost for these companies, and that additional cost you know, has to be borne by somebody. The, the margins in the freight transport are very narrow, so you know, at the end of the day, if I was running the freight company and being given additional costs, it would be concerned concern to me. Kent Online reports.
0: A Reynum mum who stole money from her elderly neighbour has been ordered to pay back more than a quarter of a million pounds. Helen Pavitt took the 87-year-old's life savings and spent it on a mobile home premium bonds and paying off her own debts. The 51 year old from Chestfield Close now has three months to give the money back, or will have to spend another two years behind bars. There's uncertainty today over the future of Margate's Dreamland after the hedge fund that backs the group who run it closed down. It means plans by Sands Heritage Limited to buy the site from Thanet District Council have been thrown into doubt. Dreamland have told us it's still business as usual at the theme park, which has just enjoyed its busiest year since it reopened in 2015. Experts are still searching for a nest following a confirmed sighting of an Asian hornet in Kent. The killer insect was spotted in Ashford last week and there are concerns it could pose a major threat to any bees in the area. Inspectors now say it may have been an isolated case. A decisions due to be made in the next few weeks about plans to demolish part of an Oast house in Snodland and build a KFC. The fast food chain wants to set up a branch on Hollow Lane, less than half a mile from the Homesdale School. Residents and Chatham and Aylesford MP Tracy Crouch have raised concerns about the proposals. Kent Online Showbiz. Liam Payne's been chatting on KMFM about his new single, Stack It Up. The former One Direction star told Gary and Laura on breakfast what he makes of the other members success
1: I often think about this sort of stuff to be honest with you And I don't think there is really that obviously we all know there's numbers and facts and figures and different things that go around but the, the thing is everyone's been quite successful in their own right in the field that they've tried to take if that makes sense because we all do such different things so it's really difficult to compare us as artists now because I, I don't feel like I feel like my competition kind of lies elsewhere if that makes sense mm. and you know I mean look at some of them have been on and done great tours some of them have done loads of different campaigns with stuff and whatever else and I, you know I haven't really done any of, of, of uh, I haven't done any touring yet for at least so I mean you know that's something that I've got, kind of got to get my head around but yeah I mean it's been really great I'm so grateful for everybody listening in and yeah, I just think I'm glad that we're all doing well.
0: So this new song, then tell us all about it.
1: I got an email uh, through from the label, and uh, Mr. Ed Sheeran had written me another song with the same person they did uh, the production with for Strip That Down. So I was like, this is am- like amazing, like the best thing, like best day ever. I listened through the song, and I was kind of a little bit worried that it was like it was so money orientated. I was like, I don't you know, you gotta have to be careful about what message you're kinda of sending out. Yeah. What, are you, what are you saying about you? Do you know mm. what I mean? So in my head, the way I actually feel about money and and, and success and those sort of things is like if you have it, it's amazing, yeah. But if you've got no one to share it with, then it's not really all that. Then you might as well not have it.
4: When you're in the video, um, you, you're you in an amusement arcade, but then you're in a game. You're actually in an arcade game. Oh, I so know. cool. How cool is that? What, what would you be in? If you, you know, classic
1: arcade games? Um, I mean, I, do you know what? Mario Kart. Is yes.
0: yes! yes, like Mario are. Kart like looks like, like the most.
1: I want to throw some mushrooms. I want to throw shrooms yes. at people. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> what character <laughs> are you when you play Mario Kart?
5: Um, I don't
1: know why, but I always choose the evil people.
5: Oh, That's yeah. what sure nice. that says about me,
1: but yeah, I, I like can, to choose a villain. I can see his Bowser.
5: Who, I was going to say, is that yeah, the yeah, scary yeah, hedgehog yeah. looking guy? No, scary
1: no. dragon thing. Yeah,
4: scary yeah. dragon thing. Who's the
5: one that looks like a hedgehog? And I swear, Sonic. he's Spikey. Yeah, that's no, a different game. <laughs> he is spiky Bowser
1: is maybe spiky Maybe I'm
0: thinking of
5: Bowser. Yeah, but I think you mixing
1: up yeah. Sonic.
0: Merging him
5: together.
1: Yeah, you just mixed up your animals.
0: Yeah, If you missed it, you can listen to the full chats at kmfm.co.uk. Benedict Cumberbatch has been spotted filming in Kent. The world famous actor was shooting scenes on Deal Beach yesterday for a new biopic about Louis Wayne, an artist famous for his drawings of cats.
1: Kent Online Sports.
0: Football and Gillingham have come back from a goal down to get a one all draw with Bristol Rovers. Barry Fuller had to go off injured in last night's match, but Tom O'Connor found the back of the net for the Jewels at 83 minutes. Boss Steve Evans told us what he thought of their performance away from home.
4: I wasn't happy with the first time. Off. and um, I think everyone in the tunnel, the dressing room areas would have heard me um, but I was really pleased with the second half I think we came out, we changed, the, we changed uh, one position at half time, another one changed the shape, I think as soon as we did that we were totally dominant I think we've conceded to there's probably two chances, one that goes in the goal, we'll be back off the kid too easily, and the second one when the ball gets flighted into Johnson Clark I've seen John, I know what he's capable of Bit. I also think that we've equalised and then had enough excellent positional players in about their box. And we've, it's not very often you hear the Bristol Rovers quiet, especially in the shed end, but they were deadly silent because they were like the team went to get beat. We said to a player, we've always said to our players, we'd rather lose 3 0 and try and score a goal and draw 1 1 or win 2 1. And uh, we've always been a management team that believes in that. And we said to a players at half time, you have to believe. It was then a water break when we changed the system in the second half. No, the kid was down injured for Mr Rovers, and we hope he's, he's got off on a stretcher, which is never a good sign. But um, we said then, just just go out and play. If we lose, we lose, but get on the ball, express yourself. And I don't know if people notice, but when we score, we've got one against two for them on the halfway line, <laughs> because we're, we're going to commit people forward to score a goal. He's an outstanding prospect. He's a kid, he's learning. I think now his fourth or fifth, whatever it is, football league game. His first goal. He'll have, have a good career in the game for sure. Um, as long as he remains level-headed and walk hard and he comes from a good Irish family that, that just demand those standards and we have no issue of it every day when, when Tom comes in, he comes in we a smile and he wants to go on the training ground and walk hard. So I was pleased for him because his performance was good. As was young Jack Tucker who got thrown in at it right back and then went to a right side of a central free at the back and I thought he was outstanding for one being so young but we think highly of him as well. So we've got a lot of kids out there tonight if you could our ages around the team so we're we're pleased but the chairman brought us in to, to build something and try and achieve something so it's a, I think we've left two points in Bristol I think that's more of a riding feeling um, but there we go I suppose Graham might have a different view I think you have to respect the manager and you have to respect your opponents as in players you certainly have to respect the Bristol Rovers fans you know give have given me plenty of stick over the years um, but they get the brilliant back into the team this is this is a quietest I've had them and uh, that, some of my staff said that but they've They boshed me year after year. I think they just went silent because they probably didn't think we could play like that. And we've got good players, we've got young players, we've got hungry players. Um, We have the third lowest budget in in League One. So we're trying to overachieve, but we can overachieve if we believe.
0: Gillingham are now 15th in the League One table. That's it for now, but for more news throughout the day, you can head to kentonline.co.uk.
1: News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.